Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen, amen. Thank you, Chrissy. I appreciate that this morning. All the beautiful singing we've had this morning. If you open up your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter number 5, 2 Kings chapter number 5, that's where we'll be at this morning. You have to excuse me, my, my wife's away. And, you know, when, when your wife's away, you know, she wants to make sure everything is in check, make sure I got everything that I need. And I was concerned because I was scrambling this morning, trying to figure out what I was going to preach. But thank God for technology, because with technology, she could just email me what she wanted me to say this morning. So thank God for that. I appreciate that. So, you know, I'm scared, though, what's in this message, because I'm sure she put a little bit of herself in here. So please bear with me as I bring forth the word of God. But no, seriously, though, I, I don't take this lightly when I stand in this pulpit. And I appreciate what God's faithfulness has been over the many years here at Open Bible. And we can all appreciate that. And before I get started, um, let's have a word of prayer. I want to be able to pray for our pastor this morning and then pray for me that you guys would be blessed and then God would be lifted up and exalted this, here this morning. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your mercy. And Father, we pray this morning, Lord, for our pastor. We pray, Father, that you would uh, be with him and his dear wife this morning. I pray, Father, Lord, that you would give them a peace. I pray, Father, Lord, that you would uh, guide his lips this morning, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, comfort his church. And Father, I pray, Lord, that everything that is said, done, said and done down there, Lord, will bring honor and glory to your name. Now, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help me this morning. Help me to be a blessing to your people. Help me, Father, as I bring forth the word of God, Lord, that you would be high and lifted up. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, hide me behind the cross, and allow your church to see Jesus this morning. We love you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. If you found 2 Kings chapter number 5, would you please stand out of respect for the reading of God's word this morning? 2 Kings chapter number 5. Beginning at verse number one, now Naaman, captain of the hosts of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leopard. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, wherewith the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. 
And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent name and my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, and he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? And this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come down to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leopard. Are not Abna and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Thank you. You may be seated. So I want to talk to you this morning. And I want to preach to you this morning. And I want to teach you this morning. And I want to help you this morning. So I would describe myself as a thinker. See, I think my wife would agree with me. My wheels are always turning. I always have something going on in my head. So I got on one of those crazy minds that races, and I wake up and I try to figure out whether or not the dream was real or not. You ever been there? But I'm the thinker. I got a bunch of dreams in my head. I feel like they all have pages, and they're all waiting for when it's their turn to get something done. I've always been a passionate person. I feel like if you're going to do something, you may as well do your best. I mean, what's the use of doing something if you're not going to give it everything you have? Something, sometimes you fail, but you better fail trying instead of failing by not trying at all. Love. I love people. I love being around people. I love fellowshipping with people. I love talking with people. I love eating with people. I love praying for people. I love conversing with people. Because at the end of the day, life boils down to two things, God and people. 
Nothing else really matters. What about money? What about careers? What about jobs? What about talents? Listen to me. I am not saying those things aren't important. The reason why we have talents and jobs and personality and money and all of those things is so that we can love God more. The more we love God, the more we ought to love people. So I got all these passions, all these dreams, and all of this love, and all of these desires, and God called me to preach. I enjoyed preaching the word of God, not for me, but for him. I don't think he saw anything in me, but I think he saw if he could get inside of me, that he could do something through me. I want to thank God for letting me preach the word of God. So that kind of helps. Preachers need passion. I mean, preachers got to thank yeah, it would be a pretty good thing for preachers to dream. Thank the Lord for it, amen? Thank the Lord for where there is no vision, the people perish. We got to have some vision. And I'm not talking about eating too much and hallucinating. I'm talking about maybe, God, you can do this. Maybe, God, you can accomplish this. Maybe, God, you have something more for my family, something more for my marriage, something more with my church, something more with my life. See, I mean, if you never dream, if you never set goals, and you never... Reach your potential. So all of those dreams and all of those passions and all of those loves and all of these goals. So I would probably say the reason why I'm thinking all the time, because I'm trying to figure out what to do with all of it. And how I can plug into loving God and loving people. And here's where I tend to end up. If I love God and I love people, then the best thing I could do to help people is to teach them how to love God. Does that make sense to you? Now, I'm just talking to you this morning. I mean, if I figure out somehow in my life that the grace of God, that the only way I'm going to make it in life is through the almighty God. See, he's divine and I'm the branch. You understand every branch that abides in Jesus bear for fruit. See, without him, we can't do. I'm not the smartest bub. I'm not the wisest guy, but I live long enough and I learned a lot in life that knowing that if I'm going to go somewhere in this crazy sin-sick world that is governed by the wayward idolatry of Satan himself, I'm going to get there by sticking with Jesus. And if I really love him, and if I really love people, then I have to hook them up with him. Here's where the kinks and the rope come. Some people aren't going for that. Now I'm convinced, as I'm breathing, that God has answers to every one of man's problems. Now I need everybody in every section this morning to agree with that, that God has the answers to every one of man's problems. Amen? Amen. Listen to me. I'm convinced that the God of the universe that put the world in space, that put the moon in place, that put man on the world, that he created man from the dust of the ground, I'm convinced that he's not a, just a God, but he is the God. For all of you non-atheists here today, I believe in Jehovah God. I'm convinced that the Bible is the written word of God, inspired, God-breathed, through and through. It's pure, pathetic, preserved, probing, penetrating, preeminenting, piercing, profitable, and perfecting and precious. It is the very word of God from cover to cover. And it's still the best seller that man has ever read. It will never be wiped out. It will never be legislated. It will never be the last copy of the word of God that you will ever read. Because the God that wrote it, he has promised he would preserve it. And I'm convinced that it works. But we're living in a world full of knuckleheads this morning. And Naaman is going to represent you and me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
And I'm going to tell you why this preacher has trouble sleeping sometimes. Or why this preacher doesn't eat sometimes. Or why this preacher's mind is all over the place sometimes. Not because he's on medication. Not because he's a schizophrenic. I'm going to tell you that what's on my mind more than anything else in life, trying to help people who want to get help some other way than God's way. So I want to preach to you for a few moments. And I want to talk to you. And then I want to teach you. And I want to help you. You say, preacher, you say you want to help us. You act like we need help. Yeah, absolutely. You know why I know you need help? Because I need help. See, the good news about preaching is not that we have all the answers. See, God is not looking for wise people to use. The Bible says God takes his wisdom and confounds the wise of the world. See, I'm not up here because I'm smart or intelligent or gifted or more talented than most people. I'm up here because somewhere along the journey of life, I discovered that there is a wise God that avails wisdom to foolish people. And it's not about being smart. It's about knowing he knows what he's doing. He's been where I haven't been. He's where I'm headed. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-ever-present, unchanging, internal. His way works. So now I want to deal with the subject. Trust and obey. See, this story involves a real problem. Let's move quickly. Write this down. I said there's a real problem. Now, Naaman, Naaman is the subject in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman is no slouch. Naaman is no pulper. Naaman is no name. Naaman is somebody with the prestiges about him. Naaman is prominent. Naaman is powerful. But Naaman is a is an implight. You see, my friend, I've learned that real problems you don't just don't show up to poor people. They show up to rich people. They don't just show up to black people. They show up to white people. See, real problems just don't show up in America. They show up in every country. See, real problems just don't come to the Baptist churches. They come to all churches. See, if you're here this morning, sitting under the sound of my voice, you're already in agreement with the first point of this message because you have experienced real problems. Number two, there is a remarkable providence. And to name his real problem, God sent a little girl. I mean, a little maid. Now, a little maid was going through a personal trial. She didn't want to be where Naaman was. She wanted to be in Israel. But Naaman came into her country, took her from her family, brought her to his country so that her trial could lead to his triumph. See, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one word to describe that. That's providence. Come on now, providence is when God sits back. He sits back like a puppeteer holding the strings. He sits back like an artist with a paintbrush. He sits back like a sculptor using his hands. He sits back like a conductor of an orchestra, a director of a choir. He sits back like an engineer with a plan, with an architect, with a pencil, with a director running a play. No, he's not the actor. No, he's not the clay. No, he's not the paper. No, he's the one that takes the actor and puts them in the big play. He's that one that takes the instrument and merges it into a song. He takes the stroke of that paintbrush and makes it into a beautiful picture. He takes every moment of the hand sculpt into a beautiful masterpiece. No, he's not the one in the picture. He's the one making sure the picture comes out right. Here here she comes with us. Come with us. You're going with us to Syria. You think she wanted to go? (laughs) No, but providence takes us places we don't want to go because it's God's way of telling us life is more about than just you. Real providence. She had a personal trial. She was a personal testimony. 
she spoke up for God in a place she didn't want to be in. Preacher, I, I don't like my job. Maybe God got you in that job you don't like for somebody that needs to see Jesus. Preacher, I don't like my trial. Maybe God got you in that trial you don't like that somebody can experience triumph. I don't like being in the hospital. Maybe there's a nurse that needs to get saved. I don't like being broke. Maybe there's somebody that needs to see Jesus. I don't like being sick. Maybe somebody needs to know your God is real. Number three, there is a reliable prescription. She speaks up. News travels. She must have had a testimony because nobody listens to maids so that their words get all the way back to the king unless that maid got a testimony. Her words get to the king and the king finds out. And the king sends a letter to the king of Israel because his main man, Naaman, who is the captain of his army, has a problem called leprosy. And nothing that Naaman has going on for him will take his problem from him. So his boss, the king, is looking for his captain, Naaman. And the captain sends a message to the king of Israel. Can you take care of Naaman, the king of Israel? Get the message and says, who does he think I am? Am I God that I can heal him? Here's one king talking to another king, but all of a sudden they find out there's a third king involved. There were two kings trying to handle a problem, and they were hitting heads trying to figure it out. But the third king didn't sit there where they sat. He was the king sitting on the throne of heaven. And when the two kings of earth couldn't figure it out, the king in his heaven says, I got this. So somehow through the providence of God, Naaman ends up back in Israel. Think about that. Israel was the place that he had first taken the maid from. Be careful who you kick. You might need them. Be careful who you step on the way up. You might pass them on the way down. You better be careful. All of a sudden, he's, he ends up back at the door of Elisha, pulls up there with his chariots, with his horses, and with his servants. He's got leprosy, and Elisha knows it. He's got leprosy. He's the captain, and Elisha knows about him. He's got all kinds of pomp and circumstance and all kinds of fancy chairs standing at Elisha's door, and Elisha knows about it. I'm talking about a dignitary that has pulled up into the preacher man. I don't know about you, the average preacher in the United States of America in 2022, that when somebody walks into the church, that preaches, and, and, he's, and he starts getting everything together. He sends his best ushers, get back to get him a nice seat. Let him know we are happy to have him here. Make sure that the temperature is fine. Uh, make sure he, he got water if he needs it. Make sure the bathrooms look nice and, and the toilet paper in the stalls. We got a dignitary in the building. See, we would hate for somebody important to come into the building and not think we thought they weren't important. And Elisha has got a dignitary at the house. You think he ran out there and blew the trumpet and said, Naaman? No, he sent the servant out there and go tell him what I said. Go dip in the Jordan seven times and you'll be whole. Prescription. Here is a prescription, authentic orders. Go dip in the Jordan seven times and the short outcome, you'll be whole. Look at verse number 10. Go wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. One second. You hear that alarm going off? That's my alarm. You know what that alarm says? Drink water. Yeah, now we can get back to the message. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this didn't sound good. This didn't seem good. This wasn't popular in Samaria, 
But nevertheless, even though it wasn't popular in Samaria, it weren't normal in Syria. It was the word of the Lord. Unless you think Elisha would be speaking on his own opinion in that day, the prophet of God spoke as the very voice of God when Elisha spoke. It was as if God was speaking. It was a reliable prescription. Look here for just a moment. This Bible is reliable. No, no, hear me now. This thing is reliable. And be careful because a lot of Christians will carry it and call it reliable when they are not facing problems. And dismisses reliability once you tell them to start using it. Go wash in the Jordan seven times and thou shalt be clean. Now I want you to notice what happened. After this reliable prescription, there was a rejecting position. I want you to notice Naaman's reaction. The Bible says in verse number 11, if you look at that, Naaman was wroth. Hmm. It's the Bible word for mad. What? Go do what? Now, wait a minute. I said God's word is reliable. Please tell me why. If the word is reliable, people hear it and get mad. Now, the Bible is very clear. The instructions David got came from Elisha, and what Elisha got came from God. If you're in a Bible-preaching church where the man of God opens the word of God, then the instructions that you get from him is the instructions he got from God. See, the word of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Listen, Joshua said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do good according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Listen to me now. The Bible works. I want you to notice this. There was a sudden explosion. Hot. I want you to notice this senseless expectation. Listen to Naaman talking. Behold, I thought. Now I know where my dad got that from. When I was a kid growing up, my dad would ask me to do something. And I might not have did it the way he asked me to do it. And then I would say, well, I thought. And his response would be, nobody asked you to think. And then he would say these words to me, and I would chuckle because mom would be like, don't say that to him. You're going to scar him for life. He used to say, boy, if you had brains, you'd be dangerous. <laughs> so now I know where he got it from. I thought. See, that's your problem. I thought. Now, could I say something to you? If Naaman's thinking was effective, he would have never had to come to Elisha in the first place. I thought. Tell us what you thought, Naaman. Okay, I'll tell you. I thought he would surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, strike his hand over the place, and recover that leper. Naaman said, I heard about these healings. I mean, maybe they even done some of them in Samaria and Samaria. When I rolled on my chariot today, showed up at this prophet of God's house, surely I thought... He would come to the door. He would find me. He would take my hand. They would strike the band up, and he would start humming. 
And then all of a sudden, he would take the hand. Do you want to be healed, Naaman? Do you want to be healed, Naaman? Do you want to be healed, Naaman? Boom shakalaka. And surely I thought. Now we're laughing at him. They used to sit in my office with the same nonsense. Pastor, I need help. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm failing. I'm losing. I'm broke. (laughs) Come on, let's talk. Help me. I would be glad to help you. I would be glad to help anybody. I mean anybody. Pastor, get me out of this mess. I'm pregnant. I'm sick. I'm hurting. I'm depressed. Okay, let me go to my medicine cabinet. But Pastor, I didn't finish telling you all of my symptoms. No, no, it's okay. I got a pill that works for all of them. Hold up, I'll be right back. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word? But the Bible didn't tell us what was wrong with the young man. It don't matter. Whatever is wrong with him, the word will fix it. So I take out my pen and I take out my tablet, write down a prescription on the paper. <laughs> What's wrong, man? I'm trying to help you. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I thought. I thought you were just going to going to write a check from the church. And give it back and give it to you so you can come back to me next month from your reckless spending? I'm not trying to give you a fish. I'm trying to teach you how to fish. Well, I thought you were going to sign off on my already decided decision before. Listen to me. If you thought you knew what you were going to do before you came, you should have never come. Yeah, I'm trying to walk heavy this morning. Selfish entitlement. I'm almost done. Because if I don't have you by now, I won't get you. But that's not my problem, it's yours. See, you can get mad with me all you want to, but you're going to keep your leprosy. And I've been there too when I didn't like what somebody told me. But not liking it didn't change from it being right. Now go dip in the Jordan. Here goes Naaman. Well, well, <laughs> are not Abna and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Doesn't he know from Syria where I come from? We've got clean, clean rivers. We captains don't have spas in Jordan. We, we dip in Abnar and far, far. Here's what he's saying. I know, first of all, the preacher man didn't even come to the door. And now he got the nerve to tell me to go dip in the river? Listen, the Jordan River was dirty. So through a second man, second hand, he gives me this low-down prescription. I'm better than that. Ha! You know, the Bible is really not that complicated. And I think some people kind of look at me like I got eight eyes or something. Somebody said to me recently, how do I get help? Then you tell them, then they go, well, that's not really a good answer. 
Now, the Smith me wants to say, if you're that smart, Einstein, why are you here? Elisha said, I told you, but you owe me better. No, no, I don't owe you anything. And you should be glad I'm giving you anything. That's what Elisha was saying. Here's the truth. We better be careful, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't come to God desperate for help and then mad by the way he tries to help us. I'm almost done. Reasonable persuasion. He's walking away. That's it. I'm going back to Syria. Come all this way down here. By the way, the king sent somewhere around about a thousand, a hundred thousand worth of merchandise and the word of a little girl and Naaman got all of it. I'm out of here. I ain't coming back here. I don't like that preacher. Well, if you go to a Bible-believing church, it don't matter what, country, what county is in. You're going to get the same book. So plan on being mad again. Arr, he sounds just like the last preacher I talked to. Yeah, he's getting counseling from the same source, the same book. So he had some discerning friends. They were servants, but I, but I called them friends here. Naaman, <laughs> I can see that you act like Naaman. Yes. Hi, Naaman. How are you, Naaman? You don't have to say amen, but I can see that you act like Naaman. Let me ask you something. Why is it? <sighs> you had, if he had told you to go to a nice spot, would you have done it? So what's the difference of him telling you to go to a dirty spot? You know what they were saying to him? Whether it was a clean river or a dirty river, you're a leper, man. Here's what I imagine them saying to him. We've heard you complain about this itching and this scratching, and you can't even hug your kids. You can't even sleep next to your wife. That's what happened when you have leprosy. You're the highest-ranking military officer in Syria, and every day, this, the whole time up here, you kept saying, I can't wait until I get up here uh, to this preacher man, and, and he's going to get this leprosy off of me. I'm so sick and tired of all this all over me. And now all of a sudden, you met the man that told you how to fix it, and you were about to storm off with a temper. You're too old for a temper tantrum. Why not do it? By the way, how many of you here today made some good decisions in our lives because we had some discerning friends that said, you better listen. Now watch this now. From us, for some of us intelligent men, that discerning friend was our wife. <laughs> Honey, I think this would probably be a good idea. <laughs> See, we don't say words. We just... <laughs> How many wives in here, your husband grumbles? See, all men grumble, or we mumble, or we pout. <laughs> now, you're going to tell me then, <laughs> how are you going to tell me what to do? I'm a grown man. I pay the bills around here. <laughs> I was doing just fine before you came along. Honey, honey, it would probably be wise if you Discerning friends. You know what that gives us? Definitive facts. That reminds us that if we let the temper get the best of us, we're going to go back home with the same problem we came with. Be careful, sir. You can get in the car in a few moments. 
Honey, you missed it. I didn't miss my turn. I wanted to go this way. (laughs) How many of you husbands had a helpful wife when you're driving that you think is not a better driver than you? (laughs) 30 minutes later, honey, did we make a wrong turn? No, I didn't make a wrong turn. Go back to sleep. She's trying to help you. The preacher's trying to help you. Your friends are trying to help you. Your Christian brother that called you up and asked you where you were when you should have been in church. Don't get an attitude. Come to church. They're trying to talk some sense to you. They had to listen to you bellyache about your problems long enough. Now that you got a solution, they've been, they've been trying to tell you to take it. You've been talking about being broke. Listen to me. I'm telling you to tithe then. You talk about having no joy. I'm telling you to be a soul winner. My wife don't listen to me. I'm trying to tell you love her then. It's hard to listen to a man like you. Okay, Naaman says, you know what? You're right. Submissive obedience. Specific observation. He went to the Jordan and he dipped seven times. You know what that tells me? You can't just do what God says. You have to do it the way God tells you to do it. Okay, here, here we go. Some of us now, okay, I'm going to the Jordan River. I tell you right now, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. But I'm not dipping in. See, I can put my finger in there, and he can heal me. Be careful. You don't get what you want from God unless you do it the way God said it. Fine, I'm going to church, but I ain't listening. He has still been a leopard. I'm giving, but not every week. I'll blitz, but I ain't going to be a soul winner. Okay, honey, I'll go. But I'm pouting all the way. No, no, no. I'm going to do it God's way. Seven times. Seven times. Seven times. And the Bible says because of his right procession, there was a resulting product. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a glorious miracle. He was healed. Do you hear me now? He was healed. There was a grateful mindset. There was a guaranteed message. He said, now I know. Now I know. Now I know. Listen to me. You don't know God until you obey God. I'm finished preaching. But I want to talk to you again. Now, every preacher I talk to say the same thing. They want help but they want help their own way. You know why I know they're telling the truth? Because I'm the same way. I've already decided before I ask God how I want him to help me. Instead of realizing that if I knew what I needed to do, I wouldn't have to ask God. Now I'm preaching to people this morning with real problems. All of you got real problems. Oh, preacher, I don't have a real problem. I don't have any real problems. Yes, you do. You have a real problem with lying about you don't have real problems. Everybody has real problems. Can I tell you, behind the scenes, God is working. He got a little maid that don't even have a name in the Bible that might save your life. Huh? Stop looking at your problems and start looking for God's providence. And if you go to the doctor because you need help, don't get mad when he writes the prescription. I'm trying to help you now. Go fill it. And after you fill it, take it. And once you take it, take it for as long as he prescribed it. 
And when you don't feel like listening, listen to people that love you. And when what he said wouldn't happen, if you did what he said happens, remember, God did it. And he's the only one that can do it. And he deserves being thanked for doing it. Now, Elisha wouldn't take the offering because he was happy to do what he was supposed to do. But it doesn't change the fact that Naaman was grateful without being told. And shame on us to need God bad and, and God comes through and we act like we should have come through and give no thanks. Testify. Tell somebody. Give something. Shout praise. Wave your hand. But for heaven's sake, don't be on the receiving end of God's blessing and not be on the giving end of praise. And at the end of the day, if life is always about God and people and nothing we people do in life can be successful without God, then don't you think it's about time that any people got hooked up with an able God and kept trying to do anything any other way besides God's way? Amen. Our Father, thank you this morning. Father, we are a people with real problems. And Father, we need you more today than we did yesterday. And we'll need you more tomorrow than we will today. Father, I ask, Lord, that you bless here in the next few moments. I pray, Father, that I delivered the message that you would have your people to hear. And Father, I pray, Lord, now that you would prepare us for what you have in store for us in these upcoming days. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Brother Tyler. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.